Hello everyone and welcome to the First Scuff Podcast. Uh, we've got a very special guest today, Mr. Master. I'm going to call him that, probably because he told me to, I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, but would you like to introduce yourself? I mean, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, my name is Gabriel Jacob Luanzing. They call me Mr. Master because I told them to. I mean, you kind of yeah. ruined the just... joke already, Aww, but it's it my little stock intro. Hi, everyone. <laughs> okay, so we're just going to shoot straight into it. I'm going to set some timers up, and we're going. So, you've got over 2,000 followers, close to 3,000 followers on SoundCloud, close to 6,000 monthly Spotify listeners. Uh, but the last time we spoke, you said you sort of wanted your music not to be, not heard, but sort of harder to find, harder to discover. Uh, so how do you feel about this, not fame, but just sort of wide viewing of your music? Because it's... It's wider than a lot of people usually get. Well, even now, as you're saying it, it's numbers on a screen. Like, that's how I see it. I don't know. I remember having a conversation with some people when I just hit 2,000. And I was just like, I don't know what it means, really. I feel like if I had, like, 500,000 followers, I wouldn't know what it means. It's like, the size of the following doesn't really translate. I mean, it's kind of just this distance I have because it's it's nice to read all the comments and stuff but it is just as far as I can see it's words on a screen it's numbers on a screen and so as long as we've been talking I don't know how long you've been following my stuff but this whole time it feels like it hasn't really gotten any further than me and my bedroom making music pretty much this whole time I mean slowly interacting with people like you and, and meeting new people in person but it's not like I'm in any similar position to some artists that I know who have pretty massive followings to the point where it's affected their lives. I feel like when we talk, I'm still pretty much just in my bedroom, you know, that's it. Yeah. So I don't know what that looks like from the outside, but from the inside, from my perspective, it's it doesn't really affect much. So would you say that you wouldn't really want a following? Would you Would you perceive that as a bad thing or is it? a good thing in, in the whole it's just not something you're looking for it depends i mean yes and no and this is actually something i wrestle with on the song doubt i don't know if you heard this but uh, i do enjoy that I, one quite a lot <laughs> yeah i'm like that's basically what it's about right like i would love to get a following and get all the perks of recognition and having there be a conversation about my work and that's probably the main thing, just that when it comes to Ultra, there's just so much there that I wish pe people saw it. And it's made to have a conversation around it and not just a fun one, like a challenging one. And we could just go for hours just on what that consists of. And that would be nice to have a wider following. Like that would mean that that conversation would begin and that it would be there would be more potential for that conversation to make change that being said though with a small following i don't get that and i have to dwell in obscurity and be all like does anybody even understand what i'm talking about but the people who do <laughs> like i can actually speak to one on one right if i had a huge following, I don't think I would be able to do this. Yeah. Where I can just sit and talk one-on-one -on -one with people. 
And I really, really like that. Like, I really, really enjoy having that opportunity. So it is a kind of, I mean, if it happens, it happens. I'm not going to aim for it, really. I would like to believe that what I'm doing here is, with Ultra, is eventually going to get to a point where it's kind of undeniable. Like, that's kind of the aim, where I'm just going to work and work and work at it. Yeah. To the point where it'll just be a big enough pile of stuff that you can just see it from a mile away. Like, I don't want to have to sell it. That's its own skill, and I don't really possess it. So if it happens, it happens. But if it doesn't, then I'm perfectly fine with it because I can just kind of keep talking to you and keep talking to people who are around and be especially grateful for them and be in a position to tell them, like, one-on-one, like, just, you know, right? So Obviously, you've just mentioned Ultra there. For the people who don't know at home, um, I did watch Noetic Nomads. I know you don't like to have an answer for this, but what is Ultra? (laughs) I say this in the interview. I'm like, I like not having an answer ready because I have to think of something on the spot. Bare bones, nuts and bolts, Ultra's musical project that I've been working on since 2017. And to put it simply, it's an album that I've kept adding songs to. I released 15 songs that year and kept adding more and more and more until, what, like a week ago, I think, where I put out the 80th song. So now it's at... 80 with science fiction, is it? Yeah. Fiction science. Oh, fiction science. (laughs) Important distinction. (laughs) (laughs) So it's 80. It's nearly four hours of material, and that's not even including the genius pages, which I feel like I need to point to more and more as part of the project it's just as much ultra as music i mean obviously there's the music and i hope people enjoy the music but the wider conversation that i'm talking about i think begins with the genius pages where i not just like explain the lyrics but provide jumping off points into like the songs are meant to be like at the beginning it was kind of just songs for fun but that happened to touch on intellectual subjects. Now it's to a point where I see the songs as jumping off points for conversation about more intellectual subjects, because I wasn't that intellectual to begin with, really. It was kind of just pop culture references in the beginning. But now it's just proper STEM, like rigorous academic stuff. And I like being in a position where I can take a big brain academic subject and put into a rap song one because it's funny two because it might introduce the subject to people who would never encounter the subject otherwise so that's the wider more long-term vision for it it's always just going to be about making good music but now there's this added vision of it being educational music yeah i guess as well so it is just a fun inventive innovative project just on the dimension of art alone but then there's the like the other applications for it that's what's been on my mind lately in that interview that you're talking about i also touch on ultra as basically uh, an exercise in soul searching i guess where i'm crafting an identity very rigorously again very paying a lot of attention to my craft and with each song kind of figuring this the vision out for this project like i said it didn't start out where it is now likewise i didn't start out where i am now and that's through actively shaping who i am through making this music for the for some years that 
I've been working on it. So would you say that you want people to, to take to the genius page and sort of maybe see like a new direction, maybe see something they want to learn, things like that? A little bit. That's where it's gotten to lately. That's the big shift where it started out, of course, just as making the best music I can in a, I hope people just listen to this and put it on repeat kind of way. And I never want to lose that. So it's not like the project has now shifted to this educational thing where the aim is ultimately to get people to the genius pages. And the songs are just a step to that, right? Like it's not, the way I'm talking about it right now, it's not like now it's just one big science communication project. It's just, I'm trying to make good music always. And if nobody gets to the genius page, fine, right? I hope as tied as the lyrics pages and the songs are to me, I do want to make it so if you only ever listen to the song that it's just good in that way, right? Because I feel like there's a way to put the cart before the horse, I guess, and make it way more about education than the music to the point where the music gets sacrificed and the music becomes bad because then it's just all about education. So I hope when people hear Ultra, they like it, I guess, but like are confused. And I hope like the sense, like if I could pinpoint a specific reaction that I hope people would get, get from it, I hope people would just sense that there's more to it. And if you listen to the lyrics, it might just be like a, what is even going on here? And it might just encourage people to go to the Genius pages. It would be cool if somebody ran into this music and went to the Genius pages and found out that I was talking about some mathematical concept that was actually interesting. And then, right, like then maybe it can actually get them interested in math in a way they wouldn't have been otherwise. That being said, though, if that doesn't happen, I hope that they just run into the music and are just like, this is good, cool, or at the very least different. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I love the idea. I think it works great. I've been really back onto it since I spoke to you and organized all this. I just, I couldn't stop myself. I was listening to a lot of it. I was listening to some of the instrumentals. Uh, I think that's a nice little piece you've thrown out for people. Um, so we've talked about the qualities of your music, but I just want to get into what do you think are your greatest qualities? I'm very handsome. Oh, oh, brave, brave. <laughs> I'm modest. <laughs> um, ah, uh, interesting. I'm very enthusiastic about things. I guess that's the first thing that comes to mind. This is an interesting question. Like, if we're talking music, I have prepared answers, but now I'm really freestyling. So let's let's see. Yeah, enthusiasm comes to mind because here's the thing. I like the idea that on Ultra, I can come off as the kind of character, the kind of nerd who is a walking encyclopedia and can just recite facts from everything ever. In reality, I don't think I can really. As much as I talk about getting into STEM and all this, I can't just sit here and teach you a course in it, in any sort of hard science or even like the history of art or whatever. It's like, I'm not an expert. I'm not a proper academic. What I am is very enthusiastic about academia and intellectualism, I guess. And that enthusiasm is fueled by curiosity. I guess that's another thing that the root of it and the root of the project, which again, this kind of speaks to the whole 
ultra as music and ultra as me kind of thing yeah one important value in both is curiosity and for me it makes curiosity makes it so i can step into a foreign situation and be excited precisely because there's so little i know about it right normally it would be that you encounter you yeah you encounter a foreign situation and you would be scared i guess by all the uncertainty and i see that and i'm just like oh look opportunities to learn and so it makes it so it flips upside down and it really like in inside baseball it really got to a point where i had to put it in a line and say lapped every rapper this side of the humanities and thought you know what stem like we could sit here and talk music forever because that's what i've been into for years yeah and for me that means there's less of an opportunity to learn. So if you ask me about music, I have my stances on it. And I could just sit here and almost recite them. I don't want to say verbatim, but I have them more set in stone. So I'm like, how can I change myself? The hard sciences, as well as things that I'm not familiar with. I've been into like sports lately and fashion and medicine and law and all these other things precisely because I don't know anything about them because I don't know anything about them. And that opportunity to learn seeing that first that's the curiosity to recognize all those opportunities and then just the enthusiasm to jump straight into it so and that's at the very widest level where it's me wanting to look into space or the entirety of human history anthropology as well that's been something that i've been kind of looking into too so the biggest broadest things all the way down to a person-to-person thing. I mean, part of why I want to continue having conversations with people, and there's a number of reasons for it, one of them is just, I like being a cheerleader for people, I guess. I haven't put it like that. That's interesting that that comes to mind, but I really just love listening to people. So what, what do you mean by cheerleader there? Sorry, I'm a... I'm like, a yeah, 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 yeah. Like... Basically, I love being enthusiastic about academic subjects and stuff. But I also love being enthusiastic about people. And so when I ask anything about anybody, like what music are you into? Like what's your history? Like whatever. Like what are you into? What are you passionate about? Like I want to be just as passionate with them, right? Because there's a lot of stuff where people... Like, I can imagine someone being very passionate about something and not having anybody to relate with. Yeah. Because they don't know, they haven't seen the whatever, they haven't been through this. I mean, I can speak firsthand with Ultra. That's me. I know what that feels like to have something you're really passionate about and have nobody understand. So I love going up to anybody and being like, what are you passionate about? And I want to meet you right there. And it doesn't matter that I don't know what it is, right? It, precisely because I don't know what it is, it's going to make me more excited. I hope this enthusiasm that I have is just nice in a person-to-person sense where it's such a joy to interact with anybody at all. And I really hope I can show it. Again, Like I'm not trying. It's just... I can't hide my enthusiasm. I'm very theatrical and performative about my enthusiasm, and I can't help it. So we've heard Ultra. We've got sort of that frame for people. We've got information about you, uh, and we're seeing 
musical growth, we're seeing academic growth, sort of uh, personal growth. Uh, so, I mean, I wonder where this growth is going and I wonder where you wonder where this growth is going. So where do you see yourself in five years? I like flipping this question around to other people when it comes to the music. And I guess in general, this is another question that I don't have just an answer for. And I kind of don't want to have an answer for it. Yeah. And I lay this out in the interview that you mentioned earlier, how if you asked me five years ago before ultra happened, like where would you be five years from now? Imagine if I gave you an answer and it was a very specific plan. And then five years from now, I was right to the letter. I was like, <laughs> yeah, see, Come like, imagine just like, yeah, it's like, oh, I guess there's no room for like emergence or anything new there. So I like having, like, I, I've laid it out. I like having the opportunity to not know stuff <clears throat> and allow for as much room for stuff to emerge as possible. Emergence is another thing I've been thinking a lot about lately, just in the yeah. grandest scheme of things and just allowing things to happen on their own, I guess. Building on the enthusiasm strength thing, it's something that I consider a strength of mine to the point where I'm kind of banking on it taking me somewhere five years from now, which is to say my interactions with people. So I'm at a point now where, so on the music end, I'm sitting on 80 songs, bro. Like, it's a lot of music that I've just been focused on head down and that's it. And I'm at a point now, I mean, like it's 80 and I'm starting to feel just more like for the future of the project, for the near future, I guess, the the focus is probably going to be to put it in front of people to, cause you could ask me, like, I mean, I've laid it out a little bit where I think this could go, but art is a two way street yeah. and I haven't had much communication with my audience i also haven't had much of an audience so when it comes to where is the future of the project going i want to ask other people i'm like where do you see this going because i can say it to you but i it's just as important to hear like where do you think this thing could go and so likewise i mean in life the a a weakness tied to the enthusiasm about everything. And this isn't new. Uh, I think people may relate to me on this. If you're very excited about a bunch of different fields, it's hard to pick one and focus on it. Yeah. And so I'm over here looking into all these different fields. And so part of me is kind of in a similar way, hoping that, like I said, I can walk into a room full of doctors like or lawyers or musicians or scientists or whatever it is and want to be there and not just like be enthusiastic but have a little, little bit of a familiarity where I can actually kind of keep up I guess like that's something I, that I'm less confident in but I, I'm familiar with certain things so I'm like likewise how I'm trying to throw the music in front of people and be like what do you see here I kind of want to throw myself in front of people and be like because i think i can do a lot of stuff but i think i can do a lot of stuff i'm just i kind of want to throw myself into as many uh throw myself in front of as many people as possible and be like what can i do for you that's another thing that i like to do i like to serve 
I see music as a service industry. Okay. Where, okay. what? No, <laughs> you know what I mean. Uh, like okay, service yeah. in an armed services kind of way. Oh, thank okay, you very okay, okay. much. I'm sorry. Maybe, Goodness, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a thank you for your service kind of way. Where I don't know. Like honestly, I, I've been saying to people in these conversations. Another reason I want to have conversations with listeners is so I can say thank you and to say straight up, it means so much that you're into this whole music thing. Is there more I can do for you? Okay. Like, I, that's what I feel like of just, okay, you're just li- here listening to this music and enjoying it. And I'm like, okay, that means so much that you're even here. What, like, I'm so grateful. I'm so much in your debt. Is there anything else I can do for you? Yeah. I'm very much a you say jump, I say how high kind of person. Yeah. And I want to do that all over the place. That's the thing. So I'm like, see, cause th- that's the thing, for, like the near future, honestly, like I kind of just want to throw myself in front of it as many people as possible and be like, am I useful here? Cause I think I could be in a bunch of different places, but that's my thing. So it's, I think it's a worthwhile question to other people. Like, where do you see me five years from now? Oh, does it involve you? Not. Because I'm more open to that. Um, oh shit, it can involve me if you fancy. I'm, I'm <laughs> game if you're game. Uh, I mean, as many people as possible. That's the thing. I'm like, five years, what are we doing? Like, I'm here for it. I mean, I don't know what I want to do. Like, what you tell me. Like, I mean, taking this person to person, that could be interesting. I mean, you've got person to person here, but I mean, person to person to person, everyone just sort of uh, yeah. live. You could obviously perform songs, you could do whatever you wanted, but. Afterwards, you get a nice little conversation. If there's not too many people there, you get a long conversation with a lot of people. Uh, you get to spread mm-hmm. that live in person rather than talking like this. Obviously, I know it's the, mm-hmm. the pandemic right now, so it's a yeah. bit hard to get person-to-person interactions where you're mm-hmm. actually face-to-face. But mm-hmm. there's a lot that's lost it... in the in the aspect of video calling as well. So. Right. Yes. Uh, don't get me started. That's another thing where uh, whenever it gets in person, like that's something that I've been thinking about a lot, just conversation itself. And that's another reason why I want to get in these conversations to practice the skill of conversing, which is a skill, right? It's not just, hey, let me hang out with you and be happy with you or whatever. It's also just the skill of listening, the skill of wording out points coherently that takes practice. So and it's something that I've been practicing actually all through this quarantine thing. I mean, that's how we met. Yeah. That's how I've like been. It's and I can sense myself getting better at it in a very fitness kind of sense, where you work out for a while and then you just feel stronger or whatever, right? Like it, it's a skill, and I feel like that's another thing that I could throw in as a strength. I guess that I know how to have a conversation like this. I've studied it. I've practiced it. And so not just throwing myself out there like, hey, let's be friends, but like, hey, I kind of know how to listen to you. And I hope that I can listen to you and work with you in a way that empowers you more. Not even like both of us, but just, yeah. So whatever the future is, like (laughs) after a long time of like basically like almost five years of just focusing primarily on myself and ruminating and navel gazing and making all these songs completely on my own i make the beats i write the lyrics i make everything i've been doing it completely on my own i'm not going to act like part of it isn't hoping to like collaborate in the future just that too so either way five years from now 
I can't say exactly, but it's it's gonna involve other people. That's something I could say for certain. Like, I really want to get as many people just in that five year story, the story I tell of those five years. I would love to just have as many people in there as possible, as many characters in that world. So it can't just be like me just working, working, working. It's like it's gonna need other people, and I'm right there for it. So, what would you say qualifies you for that job? What job? That job, you know, the job of of curating all this. I mean, I didn't really know where we'd be at in the conversation when I wrote that question, mm-hmm. but um, just to sort of lay it into you, like you are the the master of ultra. So what qualifies you for that? Obviously you made it, which is a pretty obvious one. But aside from that. Qualifies me to be the head of ultra industries. Yeah. Let me see. I've got something here. Let me see if I can word it out. Ultra at some point switched to a project that wasn't just for fun, but a project that only I could do. And the first real feeling of that was with Camp Granada early on. This is 2017. And I just had that idea for fun. And I hope that song is just fun again. I hope people... That's one of the more popular songs out of Ultra. And I hope people just enjoy that song. For me, while I was making it, I it hit me that... I mean, think of it on paper. Taking that Camp Granada song from like the 50s, 60s, like, and flipping it now. And not in a, let me name names, like Young Gravy, like yeah. meme rappy kind of way. Where you're just like, I fucking rich on the... Right, just putting drums on it and then just rapping like vapidly over it i guess my whole thing was to because i was studying the history of novelty music at the time i was actually going through a bit of a in the lead up to this project like let me actually go through to the wikipedia page of novelty music and just hit all the important figures and just make sure i'm up and when i had the idea to do that song it just hit me like, I don't think anybody would have an idea to do this. Maybe not even that song, because it's not super recognizable like that, like that. I mean, it's kind of a, your grandparents would kind of recognize it, or your parents might recognize it kind of thing, but not like a cartoon song, like a SpongeBob song, where people just immediately recognize it. It's an old-timey whatever. So if if anybody thought to do that with that song, they might just do it in the really baseless, simple lyrics kind of way. I wanted to pay respects to Alan Sherman and take, like I had this idea that the story, if we want to continue with writing stories a certain way, yeah, the story of that song could just be that it happened in the sixties or whatever. And then it kind of, and then Alan Sherman just died. And then that's it. The end. And I saw myself in a position to be like, to kind of, this sounds a bit dramatic, but like add a new page to that story, I guess, where here's a remix to that song. Because I honestly think about it like, honestly, let me just, I, I don't mean to talk about Young Gravy, but like <laughs> like with that, what was it? The Mr. Clean song where he samples yeah. Mr. Sandman something. Like, just think about how the Cordettes must feel. 
Yeah. I don't know how many of them are still alive, it's but it's like a sample. it's a bit, a bit. Like honestly, like it's a bit disrespectful. Like if I were them, like that's kind of fucked up. But like I would hope that if Helen Sherman were around, that me and him could talk, and it wouldn't be a like it would be a I at his feet kind of thing. I like I saw myself as a bit of a carrier of the baton for novelty music because what I'm talking about there. With, because if we're talking novelty music at large, it's kind of novelty records through the 50s, 60s, and there's a whole lineage that I could walk through. But and then that weird Al Yankovic, and then like, and then what? And then meme rap that that completely forgets the history, right? Like, I don't think anybody else is seeing the history of novelty music and incorporating that into hip-hop nowadays in a way that is respectful to that pantheon of artists who deserve respect for what they did they worked hard and they're smart and they know what they're doing and i'm like okay let me work harder and smarter for them to continue that story that is one idea that i feel like i don't know if anybody else would have that and since then it's just been building and building to I don't know if anybody would be in a position to include within those 80 noisy, wacky hip hop songs, five covers, five sincere covers of songs from Broadway musicals and have the chops to do that. Right. Yeah. Like, I don't think anybody could do that. I don't think anybody could in fiction science. I don't know if you saw the lyrics. I don't know if anybody could write a song like that. So yeah. just, and, and the way I'm talking about, I don't know if anybody could, take this angle on educational music where I'm trying to make it badass, basically where my angle in ultra, not the sole angle, but a main one is I'm bragging about how smart I am and how much better that makes me than you. Right. It's like, I got more money. I got whatever. Like I'm smarter. And there's a lot to say about how much better that makes me than you, especially in the world we live in, live in nowadays. So, intelligence as a flex i guess i don't know i don't know if anybody else could do that because i'm thinking again with like returning to the academic and hip-hop thing there is the whole people who are in hip-hop but they're not familiar with academia so if they tried to do it it just wouldn't work people i've seen in spaces recently i've had conversations with people who don't listen to my music in this intellectual kind of community online i showed them ultra and was like, what do you see here? And I'm going back and forth with people in this space who make music, but not mainly. They do it on the side, but they're intellectuals first. This is another thing I lay out in the interview with Albert No Noetic Nomads. And so there's this other group of intellectuals who kind of see where I'm getting at, but they don't have the skills to, to make it happen. They don't have the sensibilities of hip hop nowadays. They don't listen to music how we listen to it or people who are younger than us listen to it. They don't have like that ear for it. If they're making a hip hop song, it'll sound like it's from the 90s or something, right? Yeah. So I'm like, okay, people on hip hop side naturally are not going to just jump straight to academia. People on the academic side might have the ideas, but they don't have the means. They don't know how to do it. So I find myself in this Goldilocks spot, like, I think, and it was just realizing more and more like, I hope I can just like list these ideas out for ultra and be like, I don't think anybody else, not only is having these ideas. My thing is that nobody else could, I just have these 
I have this experience. I have this history personally where I like the things I like. I've encountered the things I've encountered and they've added up to me being in this unique position to do something only I can do. By the way, the exact thing I just said there is anybody like anybody can do that. Thanks to like the specific personal history and experiences that I have, it's led me up to the specific person who I can choose to see myself as and harness and do something only I can do. Anybody can do that. My thing is music, but yeah. So that's the thing. Like I, I hope that's enough qualification for me to be the head of ultra. I also hope I can lay out that through similar means, maybe though, like you would have to, of course, shape it to yourself. You yourself can recognize that you are qualified to be the head of yourself. Yeah. Of you enterprises as well. See, that's another thing. Like, I don't want to sit here and be like, I'm special. Like I figured this whole thing out. It's like, let me flip it around. Be like, cause I hope that what I've done is something to marvel at. I mean, I worked really hard at it, but yeah, I don't take praise very well. I'm just like, I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> like, thanks. But like, let's, uh-huh, right. Like, I'm just going to like, give it back to you. Like, I don't know. I don't need it. Like, just go like, that's just me being in that service mentality, I guess, where it's just thanks. But like, okay, where can, where else can we take this and how can I help? Yeah, I see that. I feel like I could definitely see that in some of your music. Um, I mean, if you had to display it, sort of push it forward to people, if you had to pick a few songs out of your library, say people who are listening now to go and listen to after this, would you would you pick any specific ones or maybe just one, two, anything like that? I'm using Inside Baseball as a selling point. I think that's the one song where... It's a hefty start. It, I mean, that's the thing. <laughs> like... It's, it's four hours of music and there's just so much to it. And I've had that question before, like years ago, like what would I, what song would I use? And I wasn't really sure, but now it's like, okay, the longest one, the really, really long one that has a lot of stuff in it. So no, where, so no dipping your toes in ultra, you just straight in. Oh, of course not. Come on. Like, are you crazy? Like, I encourage people to shuffle it. That's the thing. Like, if yeah. you're listening to it right now and want to check it out, like, you don't have to listen to it top to bottom. It's made to be shuffled. So, and it's real experience because there are some very lighthearted songs and there are some that are very challenging and it's just all running all the way across that spectrum. But it's, if the aim is novelty, because I can't really sell that what I'm doing here is valuable per se, is something worth listening to. I don't know. The thing that I can say much more safely is that what I'm doing here is new and nobody else is doing it. And so honestly, just here's an 18 minute song. Like, I hope that's just new, right? Like, and at the same time, that's not out of nowhere. I remember while I was listening to it, I was kind of looking back to that Lil Wayne freestyle where it's just him emptying out the pages of his notebooks. It's like 30 minutes of him rapping and like game has like songs where it's just him like 300 bars and like, it's not like there's no precedent for really, really long rap songs where it's just one long rap over the same beat. Yeah. But I don't think people do it nowadays and definitely not in the way that I do like the lyrics, the jokes, the stuff that I'm talking about, like there it is. There's all of it. It ranges from Broadway to, to academic stuff to the highbrow, lowbrow, very immature stuff to genuine insights on culture that I feel need to be said. 
to like shit jokes and like like it's all over the place and i'm like okay there it is and it can't be any shorter than like that i don't know so like at the very least like without before you even play it i hope that it's just how often would somebody recommend you an 18 minute song i'm saying listen to it even that you could just like jump in the middle i don't know like but i hope you can just listen to like a bit of that song and get a taste of like the lyrical style and the sense of humor and stuff like that so so when you wrote that was it meant to be sort of a spotlight on you a spotlight on ultra or was it more sort of accidental as the the song came along it was a bit of an accident it wasn't the plan it really wasn't i laid this out in the interview as well but in the other interview that was that i mentioned basically i had plans over this past summer to do a big musical response to it. I was in an interesting place and I was playing around with a lot of ideas and long story short, it didn't really work out. And whenever I find myself in a position where I'm not really sure what to work on, I'll just kind of write raps. And yeah, I made the beats and just kept going and kept going and kept going. And I say this in an annotation on the page. Whenever I write especially a song like that, where it's basically just raps, raps, raps. There are so many songs on Ultra that are just one big verse. And when I'm writing that, writing songs like that, I'll just go and go and go, and then eventually I'll just feel like it's done in a way that's beyond words. It'd just be like, oh, no, that feels like the last line. I feel like I should stop there, and then that's it. It's actually the same thing with Inside Baseball, where I kept going and kept going, And I thought about stopping and was like, you know, this is getting a bit long. Maybe I should stop. And then I kept writing something like I kept writing. I kept trying. And I wrote something that was like, imagine if I stopped and I didn't write this. Like that happened multiple times. Until I wrote like the last eight bars, uh, Devil Dog Claws, Betsy Ross Cloth, like that whole that last eight bars. I wrote that and was like, this feels like the last eight bars. This feels like it's it. And then after that was like, that was done. I didn't even it's. it's 320 bars and I didn't count for that to be that clean, but yeah, it's, it just happened the way it happened. And yeah, I wasn't aiming for that really. It just kind of, and this is the story with like most of the songs. It just kind of happened. I don't know, but now I'm really grateful that it did because there's my selling point, I guess it didn't, it wasn't the aim to make that at the time, but there it is. There's my 18 minute pitch. Like eight for a pitch for an eighteen minute elevator ride. Um, so would you take that and maybe move its place in Ultra, or is it always going to be some sort of set? I believe it's in order of when it came out, isn't it? I actually just rearranged it recently. Yeah, it's arbitrary, right? The main thing is for it to be shuffled, yeah. So it could just pop up. The order now, actually, I kind of just put it in a way that if you were to listen to it top to bottom, which I don't recommend because it's long, but I mean, people have said that they've done that. I'm like, okay, but I think (laughs) about it like, I mean, do your thing. Go ahead. I'm not telling you to do it, but I kind of order it after the fact to, because I, after I did 80, I kind of went back and reordered some stuff just to like, think about if you were to listen to it top to bottom, the transitions there would, you know, there's like a bit of a, through line i guess like the transitions are a bit clean like i like them either way though like a lot of the songs start abruptly and end very abruptly and that's the whole thing so 
yeah, the order is really, really secondary, but like shuffle. Uh, what I did though was very recently was I realized that I probably should put that on the spotlight on my SoundCloud. So I finally did that. And I'm like, yeah, so, so there's it. It's definitely like, yeah, yeah, I probably need to like put it out there more. I thought about that recently. So it's funny that you mentioned that. Kinda. I mean, a little bit. Like, it is a kind of like, yeah. So I did that now. If you go on my SoundCloud profile, I think it's up there. Yeah. Like underneath the ultra playlist. Um, so I'm going to take an abrupt turn now. I just want to sort of take your mind out of the conversational path we've been on. I'm going to dump it in another one. Um, if you could have one superpower, what would it be and why? It's like the other questions are easy. This one I'm going to actually have to like think about. This one's difficult because I'm going to give it to you and, and you might regret it. I'm joking. What? Like if I don't pick one? I was like... <laughs> hmm... See, I have so many, like, answers ready for, like, big academic things. Stuff like this is like, hmm. I feel like I had an answer. Telekinesis is, like, too easy. I mentioned gravitokinesis on record, which is manipulation of gravity, but that's kind of just to mention something. I feel like I had an answer for this, and then I don't. Hmm. Oh, no. Like... (laughs) I was thinking, like, the ability to give other people superpowers. I'm trying to tie it back into something you said earlier. Oh, right. Like, that would be funny to, like... This fictional world. Yeah, kind of. You could have anything. Might as well. Like, to be able to help people realize that they have superpowers, too. <laughs> Which is corny, but I think it's... I think flying is cornier. I mean, it's honorable. It's respectable, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so tell me about a time you made a mistake. Any any mistake wow. can be with Ultra, it can be in your life, it can be anything. What do you perceive <sighs> as one of your mistakes? Okay, personal. You don't have to go there. This is my biggest I can do. Let me see. <laughs> the, the, like, the stupidest thing came to mind of when I put out the syllabus initially, it didn't have a school bell in the beginning. I was like, oh, my mistake. And then I put a school bell in the beginning, like way, way, way after. That's a terrible answer. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm guessing mistake, like implied that you learned from it. <laughs> mm. Some deep things are coming to mind right now. That's interesting. Hmm. Screw it. I'll say this on record. Um, one of the most, the annotation I'm proudest of, probably, because there are annotations on Genius that are jokes, annotations that are jumping off points to academic subjects. Some are just pieces, I guess you could describe or something, where it's just a thing that I wrote about my life or a take on something. The one that I'm most proud of is the Funkhauser annotation well, I think it's like the last annotation on even bluer, the end of squared. Yeah. Like, well, I say Funkhauser a lot. I say it at the end of Inside Baseball. I kind of just shout that name out. And the reason is, and I can, I, I, I don't remember what specifically I said. Like, I'm proud of that annotation. Go and read it. Yeah. But like, basically, I had this, well, when I was in high school, I didn't have many people to talk to about music. I was kind of on my own doing the music thing. Except for this one girl who I knew in high school. Her last name was Funkhauser, and everybody called her Funkhauser. 
because uh, cool her name is cool. <laughs> I'm saying. So like, and she's amazing. Senior year, my senior year, she was she was a year under me. I performed. I did a whole little rappy whatever, and she beat me with a spoken word poem. So I'm like, I never won a talent show at my high school, and so it was fu- it was funny that, to have her win over me. So it's like just a show like of her. And basically some years after, this is like years, years after, maybe like three, four or some, I find out that she had passed away, like on Facebook or something, I'd found out. And we were never close, me and her. I do remember, but but she made music. She made music, she wrote poetry, like she was the only person that comes to mind who I could connect to on that level. And we only spoke like a couple times, but I remember the couple times that we talked it was like we really need to do something together you know like let's collab type of thing right you know artists it's just like we need to work together right yeah of course and so it 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 was that and then i never got a chance to and it's interesting that that comes up as as like like if we're thinking about it in terms of mistake or regret maybe like hmm like i reg- i don't regret too many things because i feel like regret means if you go back you would change it yeah and i don't know if i would do that for too many things one reason being the grandfather paradox <laughs> but like but that's something that i guess that comes to mind of like there's a reason why i say her name as often as i do it's like to kind of make up for my mistake yeah. a little bit of not doing that, not getting closer to her, just, you know, my mistake. This is all I can do. Like, like she's really the heart of Ultra. How I, like, if we could sit here and talk forever about the intellectual, da, 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 and the jokes and the comedy and whatever, but I don't want to act like there isn't a real just motivation to it as well. Like, I, I make music, that's my thing, and there's a real heart to it, and there she is. And unfortunately, it's motivated by that kind of thing. We're like, what could have been, right? So it's like, fine, if what could have been isn't going to ever be, might as well just do my best with what it can be now. Damn. I mean, I'm glad to pull something really inspirational out of you, but I hope you're feeling all right after that one. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, it's it's real. It's real. And it is a very, yeah. Like that's, it's real and it's worth saying, yeah. Like, because that is just another thing that is just buried in the annotations, right? Like you just kind of have to stumble upon it. So might as well just have that on record. It's worth saying, like, yeah, here you are. Like here, here she is. Speaking of real, um, where do you say Ultra stands on real world issues? It used to be nothing. Now. It's something <laughs> where, yeah, like, and this is what I'm saying, kind of, that, because, hmm, ooh, this, there's a lot here. So this speaks to the educational end of things. So why do I want people to use ultra as a springboard for their own personal development 
because I did it and it feels good and it, and it feels good, but also I feel that so framing it to things in terms of novelty and all, there is just a being new is cool type of thing. There is also this feeling within me that not being an individual and not thinking for yourself is irresponsible in the grandest scheme of things. Like, that's a real-world issue beyond whatever specific one we could focus on, right? Because there's the issue of this or this and that, but it's also just, I've been, when I say I'm into this, these intellectual communities, this is kind of the direction that people are speaking in, uh, I guess moving upward and outward and zooming out, where it's the issue, this is going get to get a bit meta and recursive, but the issue of being unable to make sense of issues, the sense-making crisis this, that I've seen people call it as the meaning crisis, where the issue is almost issues itself. Yeah. And uh, how we frame issues and all, Issues implying, I say this on Inside Baseball, Eureka, the solution problem, the problem of solutions, yeah. where to frame things such that they have solutions is the problem. Like, there's that the grandest, in the grandest scheme of things, I guess we can... I've been focusing on language for years now. That's me as a lyricist. <clears throat> and not just understanding language, but playing around with it, wordplay and messing around with language. And <clears throat> the way I see it, I, I think it's pretty safe to say that most of these issues that are being discussed right now are being discussed in a language, most likely English. And if and so, before we even talk about the issues, there's, like, so much to look into beforehand. My main thing, it being my area of expertise, that's a bit generous, but I see it as, okay, before we can talk about issues, we need to talk about how we talk about anything. Anything. Like, we need to talk about how we talk before we talk about anything else specifically. There's a lot to talk about when it comes to talking and how the roots of the problem may be in that. So there's that. And that's, this is like a long run. This is something I would be thinking about forever. Like as long as I live kind of thing, as long as I've been having conversations like this, especially ones that revolve around more pressing issues. I'm starting to see things in terms of def- Efficiencies of language itself. And just in these conversations, feeling so much that what I'm trying to get at is beyond language. Honestly, a motivator behind how I'm writing things the way I'm writing, let's say in fiction science, definitely in fiction science, yeah. a huge motivation behind it is just feeling like what I want to get at is not something I can sit here in front of you right now and put into words. So what am I going to do? 
smash words together and pronounce things wrong and draw from all over the place the frame of reference and just make nouns into verbs and nouns into adverbs and adjectives and like just mess with everything just be like okay fine if language is not working if language is the problem fine let me on record one strategy just on record tear it down just completely approach language from a different space and and honestly what comes to mind is like dada art and how that it has been a bit of an undercur- undercurrent for ultra for a while now because i've name dropped dada for a while as far back as minigame reload where and the thing for my underst- that i understand from the dada movement is that it was during world war ii and what they were trying to do with that art was not just absurdity for absurdity absurdity's sake but was capturing the absurdity of the reality of the time okay fine and I, this is also in the theater of the absurd as well like in theater where Again, I'm not an authority on all this. Like, there's stuff that's worth looking into on your own time, maybe on the Genius Pages or something. But from what I understand, there's a way to make crazy art just for the sake of making crazy art. But it's also... There's also making crazy art because the world is crazy. You're trying to accurately portray the craziness that is the world. That's kind of where I'm at. In the most abstract sense. In a more zoomed-in sense a little bit. It has turned into more specific issues like the ones that I kind of, one that I've been focusing on way, way more is media literacy, which is not as, well, it's arguable how pressing it is. It's not very kinetic. It's not very this real world, like in a doing stuff kind of sense, but it is very real in that everybody is consuming media all the time, passively, not actively, and not vetting it. not sourcing in, like, going through, right? Not paying that much attention to it. So I'm like, that's a big issue, and I want to bring light to that. It's something that I mentioned by name in Inside Baseball, and it's also what I'm trying to encourage here, to encourage active consumption of media. That's the phrase that I'm gravitating towards now, where we can't even talk about the issues, what's going on in the real world, if we can't even get over the media we're using to communicate them. L- like language and language in the most abstract sense, but also just news, videos, podcasts, asking questions and yeah. being like, you can't just sit here and take it at face value anymore. Like, that's my thing. I feel like it, the most, <clears throat> I don't want to say the most, but something that is way more immediate than going to the Amazon and tying yourself to a tree or whatever, like that kind of activism. It's like, don't just take something anybody says any anymore, ever, at face value. Now, in another thing that I'm thinking about like way, way more recently is climate activism. If we want to like focus on a specific issue, I mentioned the Great Pacific Garbage Patch, I think on Sa- on Shambles. On fiction science, I very cryptically mentioned some stuff about it, I think. That's seeping in. Also, a bit of a preview. I think I'm going to like uh, acknowledge it in the next song that I have planned. No date or anything, but like I, that's been on my mind. I'm like, I think I might need to address that a bit more directly. So 
that's I think worth mentioning as well. Like, though I'm very much in a position, and I think this is worth saying as well. I'm not going to sit here and be all Greta Thunberg at you and say we should do this or we should do that. So I guess to wrap this up, I guess when it comes to real world issues, real world issues and stuff, I am an artist. I'm not an expert. I'm not an academic. I'm not an activist where I have firsthand experience with any of these things. Like I'm an artist. I work really hard at what I do. And the way I see it, my role as an artist is not to provide answers. It's to ask questions. It's to ask, at the very least, different questions. Ideally, though, more, like, questions with momentum to them, questions that move the, the conversation forward, forward, subjective, but just move the conversation to a different place, asking the right questions. I can't sit here and just be like, like, it would be stupid. Like, I'm a rapper. Like, imagine if I'm sitting here talking about, like, the world, and I'm just like, this is what we should do. Like, I don't know anything. I'm 24. I rap. That's what I've been doing. I'm not in a position to tell anybody anything. What I can say is that I've been working on language for the longest, looking at it through an artistic lens, which is to say uh, flipping it upside down and seeing it from all these different angles. Like, it's not like I've been slacking either. That being said, though, like, all I can really do is create thought-provoking art and hopefully action-provoking, like provocative art where it provokes thought and maybe not like provokes action, like gets people out of their chairs or whatever, but just gets them out of the loop of passive consumption of things. And just, it's what I'm saying. Like you run into a song like inside baseball and you're just like, what the hell is going on here? There, it might be something worth investigating. And there you go. Now you're thinking for yourself. And maybe once you... Like, it could be seen as... <laughs> the image came to mind of Ultra as a gym, where you're training this active... This muscle. You can understand it as a muscle, this agency thing within you. And I can see it as something that people just... Don't recognize as there, of course. <clears throat> and then also if they do, it's like, it's it's a skill to practice just like anything else. To practice thinking for yourself and going out of your way to look for stuff. It's gotten to a point for me where whenever I listen to a podcast and anybody mentions something that I don't know, a name that I haven't heard before, or a book or a movie or something, I'll immediately go to a new tab and open it and guarantee that I can look, well, and make sure that I check it out after. I don't think people like do that and I think that's just like there's doing that for music for podcasts or whatever and then there's just doing that in life hopefully where i'm not just going to take whatever i say face value i'm going to just practice making this decision to do this myself so is that something you want to inspire is that something you want to push towards people that they should be sort of breaking out of this echo chamber that we have on social media where we're just sort of reading everything is that is that is that what you're trying to get across? Is that intentional or has it just stumbled into that? It really has been just kind of happening. Well, I suppose hmm. eventually you've made the conscious decision to to go out there and, and try and push it upon people, not not in a rude way, but just sort of right, 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 right. To, to, to showcase it to them. 
Um, but that doesn't mean that you essentially wanted it from the get-go. Yeah, no. It is just, yeah, it really just started as music for fun. And I think it could be written that... Because you could chicken and egg it and be like, I could just, for as long as I've been focusing on music, the music kind of made me want to focus more on media and then it moved me into the media conversation. I think it's more... I was making this music and then I just this media conversation like around how to consume all that. I kind of just myself happened upon that and then it went into the music. So <clears throat> I think when it comes to the takeaway for Ultra it's that in a like that's the what you can do kind of thing I guess. In terms of action. I hope that at the very least... Because that's a hard thing to like... Get people to do. I mean it's... You can't just... Grab people and like get them to be more media literate or whatever. My hope is that I can make it more appealing. And make it more palatable I guess. Make it a little... uh, Dare I say cooler. To actually do that. That's a bit of the thing right? Because I don't want to just go on here and make a song that's like media literacy is fun. It's like, you're fucking stupid. I'm a much better rapper than you. And that's because I am media literate. That's the thing. That's my angle. And so that's the thing. Like my hope is that I can bring that to a different angle because I'm not the only person saying that. Like it's, it's gotten to the point for me where it's kind of tired. It's social media is bad. Think for yourself. Like it's people have said that, right? I don't know if people, if anybody's, uh, I don't know. I don't think any rapper is approaching it like, is bragging about it. It's just a different angle to view it from. Because if you watch, if you listen to a podcast or watch some documentary about how social media is bad, it's just, it may resonate with a certain kind of person who likes documentaries or podcasts or whatever. Somebody who's into hip hop music might just not care. And like, why should they? So it's like, and it's not, Again, it's not strategic. This is just me being honest. Like, at the level of music, I'm just making the most honest music I can. And if all this media literacy, active consumption of media thing, like, if that's all on my mind, then the most honest thing to do would be to rap about it on record. It has the added benefit of what I'm talking about now. Like, where it could be used as a bit of a different way to sell, I guess, media literacy to people who wouldn't get it otherwise. My theory is that if I am in a conversation like this and I say extrinsically or a word that is unfamiliar to some people, it just automatically makes something happen in the brain me this is me putting on my neurologist lab coat on and like the fake one that i bought from party city oh yeah (laughs) phd you got online yeah the printed out one basically i'm like any novelty i think is good so if we sat here and and because novelty right you can speak about it in the abstract excuse me we could speak about novelty in the abstract or, and this is my thing. I hope I can make it a bit more tangible 
because I the last thing I want to do is just speak all the way up here. I've seen people who speak all the way up here in an intellectual way, and it's just it's hard for it to land and yeah. be uh, applicable, I guess, to people. So I'm like, new ideas, new whatever. I remember having this idea pop up of taking, let's say a podcast episode that's like an hour and a half long, whatever. Yeah. Taking the transcript of it and looking at it and, and just taking account of what words are said. And, and like, if it's filled with words that like, if it's like, imagine like a podcast episode where if you look at the words, like the entire vocabulary of the conversation, the list of all the words that were said and none of them were new, then there, that's kind of different. Like if there's no, cause like I'm saying, I'm listening to podcasts where I'm watching lectures and documentaries where as soon as somebody, somebody says a name that I don't recognize, I open a tab and look it up. Right. Not every piece of media has that. Like you could listen to a podcast for three hours and not hear anything that makes you want to do that. Yeah. Which means it's stuff you're familiar with and it doesn't make you want to like, be like, what are they talking about? Whatever. So I'm like, my thing is, let me speak just from experience that I'll find myself kind of half listening to a podcast and then somebody will just, I, I see it just literally at the level of words where somebody will just kind of bring a new word or a name or something out of nowhere. And then now I'm suddenly paying attention unconsciously, I guess. And so all this to say that, so if you randomly bump into Ultra, I hope that it's so different that that gets triggered in people's brains where you don't have to think about it that deep is just because imagine again, so you're listening to SoundCloud and you're listening to the lo-fi community that I'm in and you get a certain, you're just letting the songs go, right? It's just a certain kind of beat. It's something, and it's something that's not really surprising. Even if it is like brand new music, yeah. it's similar kinds of drums, similar kinds of voices. It's just, it kind of just blends all together, I guess, which is great if you're into that blend, into that sound, of course. My thing pops up and it breaks the rhythm. And so that's my thing where like, I hope that if you listen to, I don't think this will work for all of the songs, but the weirder ones, I hope that 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 just kind of pops up and makes it so, and this is another point that I brought up in that interview, in the Nomadic Nomads interview, that I hope that people just react to my stuff in a way that is new. Like, I said something in that interview along the lines of if people don't like what I'm doing, I hope that they at least don't like it in a way that they've never disliked something before, which is to say they can't default to stock prepared criticism. Oh, we just, it's just that again. It's just another one of these. Let's say inside baseball, just because we've been talking about it. I hope that the beat is, and it's it's good that you bring up the the instrumentals because I put those out for a reason. Like I work really hard on those and some of those aren't crazy experimental. It's just, I hope that those beats are just good. Right. Like I, it's not, I'm trying to do something really noisy or annoying with the beats. Like the whole point is to kind of have the beats be very, to be more palatable. And I guess, and so the juxtaposition of the music is good. The instrumental is good. And then whatever the hell I'm saying on top of it, 
I hope it just forces people into a position where whether they say it or not, that's my thing. I hope that it's just people hear it and it's just they think thoughts that they haven't heard before because they're running into something they've never seen before or heard before, right? Like, like if you only ever ran into the same 10 people ever, right? It's just then you would get in a certain kind of loop, I guess. But then all of a sudden you meet a new person. And then all of a sudden you're finding out who you are in this context with this person. But if you've never met that person, you would only know who you're like around these 10 people and that's it. So that's the another thing that makes me enthusiastic about jumping into uncertain situations. It's an opportunity to learn about the situation. It's also an opportunity to learn who I am here in this space. I already know what it's like for me to be a rapper and listen to rap music and all that. I wonder who I'll be in STEM. Like, I wonder who, because it's like how I will react to this stuff, to this foreign stuff. To zoom it all the way out, it's the world is so big and so vast and there's so few ways to access it if you don't have agency, the like willingness to look for it for you. For yourself, yeah. That's a, oh my goodness! Like I haven't worded this out before. I hope this makes sense. Yeah, but um, we are running a little bit short for time, so I am going to put yeah, in yeah, the yeah. last couple of questions. Um, so this one I got questions from sort of just people on my Instagram, Scuff's Instagram, my Facebook, just sort of grabbing things from here, there, everywhere. And right. I mean, some people didn't get the question. That's a, a, I mean, that might be an understatement. Some people completely just ignored the question. <laughs> what do you mean? I mean, I was asking for, for questions for you, but some people have just not even paid attention. Um, but I'll just go into it. No, now you've been asking stuff t- to me? No, <laughs> asking me questions. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to ask them to you, and I want you to look as confused as okay. possible. Um, okay. Just try, try and give one-word answers if you can, but just, just if not, keep it short. Oh, my God. All we'll right. see. So what is the origin of your name? Middle school came to me. Why'd you always wear orange? Sticky Audi. Memorable. Uh, when's the podcast being released? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you tell me. I want to know the answer to this question um, as well. Eventually. Hopefully. Uh, <laughs> what's your favorite song on Ultra? You can pass something, it, something. Easy. Picking children. Inside baseball, probably just because we've been talking about it the most. <laughs> That's just the most present. One thing in my life. you want to say to people who put you down? Put me down? How? Just That's not of, what I would say. I would say like, okay, yeah, just sort of like, um, just sort of hating on you, hating on the music. Let's talk more about that. I want to know why. This is what I'm saying. I don't take praise well. I love criticism. Yeah. Like, please rip this apart. If you've got something to say that's actually bad to me, fine. Now we're starting a conversation, yeah. right? Because if it's just, this is great, thanks, the end, right? It's like, I don't like this. It's like, okay, yeah, I'm here for it. I'm not about to defend myself. I'm not about to argue with you. I want to hear you out on this. It's art, right? Please dislike it, right? If it's a, a specific like political stance I'm putting forward, then yeah, we're going to have like problems. But it's just, I made a song. I don't like it. Okay, yeah, like my feelings aren't hurt or anything. Yeah. Please keep going. Like, I want to hear what you have to say about this because now we're talking. 
No, I think that's something uh, all musicians need to take on. But what's one thing you'd say to new musicians? Quit. Quit. All Look right. elsewhere. That's my like thing. I swear to God, like music is just so many people want to be musicians. Again, the world is so much bigger. Yeah. When was the last time you ever thought about becoming a theme park designer or working into something like that? Exactly. You would never, ever consider something like that because you're just over here trying to make music. Like I'm willing to make people fun of people for that. It's like the world is enormous. Do you know how fascinating STEM is? Do you know how little people are trying to do STEM? I'm a failure because I'm over here making music and I'm like, get off. No, 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 no. Look at all this other stuff you could do that are making music. Like I'm good at it. First off, if you don't quit and do something else, you got me to compete with. Good goddamn luck. Right? Like there's your competition. Quit. Right. Please. Oh my god. Please. Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings. Neither. Oh, <laughs> Batman or Superman. Neither. Come on. Oh, god. Iron Man or Captain I'm America. I'm not into any of these things. Come on. <laughs> I'm not into any of these uh, things. Okay. If you could rename a fruit, which one would you choose and what would its new name be? Orange Ultra. Are you nuts? Oh, fair enough. <laughs> Favorite pizza <laughs> topping? Pepperoni. Boring. <laughs> I guess. Uh, and finally, what do you have for breakfast? I didn't eat oh. <laughs> yet. <laughs> oh, fair enough. All right. I ate sleep. This has been beautiful. Ooh, lightning oh. rounds are fun. Okay. I would love to do more of that. Maybe we can in the future. Um, Absolutely, yeah. But yeah, this was brilliant. It's been great speaking to you. Would you like to shout out your socials, anything like that? Yeah, I mean, I imagine that you'll link them in the description. Yeah, it's going can, on YouTube, right? I can right? link them and yeah. everything. Um, for yeah. any podcast listeners that don't know how to find the links, uh, I believe it's just at Mr. Master Sucks on Instagram. Mr. Master Socks, M-R-M-A-S-T-E-R-S-U-C-K-S. And then you should be able to navigate from there. And if you can't fucking get a hold of yourself, Jesus Christ. Like, it's Instagram. Like, I mean, everything's let's, simple. You've got it. Right. You've got you it. We don't need to lay it out for you. I've, you can do it for yourself. have been on social media for years now. We've had access to all this stuff. You You've were got born it. with a smartphone <laughs> in your hand. I think you know by now what, that the links stop, that are blue. I didn't, I didn't mean it like that. All right. All right. <laughs> Anyway, I hope you have a very good day. <laughs> oh, my God. This has been wonderful. Uh, Pleasure speaking to you, man.